0: Welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicars.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue of uh, Forbes India is about the Forbes India Leadership Awards or FILA uh, that commemorates industry leaders for their exploits in their respective fields. And this is the 10th edition. Joining me to talk about this package is Forbes India's Salil Panchal, who's anchored this issue. Hi, Salil. Thanks for joining in. Hi,
1: Abhishek. Uh,
0: How do you see uh, this year's awards? Are they all the more important, uh, given that it has right. disrupted almost everything under the sun?
1: Abhishek, I'll, I'll put it into context with the notes I was referring to when I started writing my overview for, for the magazine. And um, oddly, I had written at that time that this is a year where corporates would really find it so difficult. We were coming out slowly, but we were coming out of a period where growth had slowed to a six-year low. And corporates found it very difficult to raise capital in 2018-19, and there was a global slowdown which had not yet, you know, vanished. So at that point of time, uh, we thought that that is the worst period that corporate India would go through, and how wrong we were. If you look back at 2020 and where we are, completely unprecedented. You know, you you probably had to redefine the way every company had to do business, whether it's a bank. Whether it's a you know an online uh, FMCG e-commerce company, whether it's an airline, hotels and and tourism, which just saw empty uh, business, you know empty spaces, we had a year where corporates had to just redefine the way they would carry out business. It's not just one quarter or two quarters where you had to do a bit of little bit of strategic thinking or you had to do cost analysis in a in a deeper way no it's way more beyond that it's actually trying to figure out that how will my company survive in in these conditions
0: and and all the more because uh, even before the pandemic uh, i think consumer spending was not that high your uh, two wheelers and four wheeler industry, which is a proxy for consumer spending was pretty much on a two decade low and then came uh, the pandemic. So in in that light, uh, uh, Salil, this is the 10th edition. What changes uh, did you have to bring to the award ceremony itself?
1: I'll share something which, which uh, we discussed in the newsroom when we first started gathering data relating to uh, the long list and, and trying to look for companies and trying to look for corporate leaders who we think definitely should be mentioned. And the first thing we realized is that while, of course, some of the categories needed to be there the way they were over the last near decade, which is your best CEO private sector or a outstanding startup or a Gen Next leader, uh, those were the ones we we retained your entrepreneur for the uh, lifetime achievement but what we realized is that you can't you couldn't have a year without talking about covid and, and not just covid but but people who bucked the trend you know people who used the 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 uncertainty surrounding covid to their advantage people who innovated or they might have uh, innovated in terms of technology innovated in terms of changing their business model and how they pulled that out, and took it to their advantage. We also realized that we could not do without talking about philanthropy. Philanthropy traditionally, uh, just to just for our you know listeners, Forbes India had a separate philanthropy award. And and this year, what we decided was that philanthropy was just too important not to be included in our corporate awards. So we have two philanthropy awards, uh, one on the professional side to recognize. Professionals who have actually, uh, you know, donated an X portion of their wealth, and and B also promoters founders who who over the years have been have been uh, allocating a lot of their wealth either through foundations or other other means. So, so these three were the new awards which came in.
0: Right. So let's dive into the the one that is on the cover, uh, the entrepreneur of the year, and who is that and why? Uh, Sorry.
1: When we first met the jury and we had long discussions uh, in the jury uh, headed by Mr. Mariwala, they were telling us that it's very important that, that we recognize people who we think have built businesses which are world class. You know, it's not just one year of a good performance and, and you give them that award. And that's where, you know, the jury uh, picked for uh, Beju, the online uh, education ed tech uh, company. Headed by Beju Ravindran, with a very clear focus that, uh, you know, here was someone who actually was very, very focused. Beju in, in 2020, who had two major acquisitions, uh, starting with uh, White Hat Junior, and, uh, and then there was the offline venture, which was uh, Akash, which they, they took over. And now recently, uh, he has made uh, fresh acquisitions uh, through Topper and uh, Scholar. And it's had phenomenal, uh, you know, uh, it's reaped all the rewards. You've had uh, revenues which have trebled. When you haven't, when we've had an interaction with him, he's very clear that, you know, he's here for the long haul. You know, there's no question of one year of good performance, two years of good performance.
0: Yes. Indeed. And and as you said, uh especially after the lockdowns and with uh, work from home for schools and colleges, the demand for online ed tech has uh, gone through the roof and uh, his uh, company has moved quite fast. You mentioned the string of acquisitions. He also raised a lot of funds and uh, also tweaked uh, his model to suit uh, the existing, you know, the situation, condition that we are in. So it was more like on steroids, the, the outfit.
1: Completely. So, so you're seeing, uh... Uh, the ed tech space and uh, the health, health tech, you know, obvious, health tech for obvious reasons, uh, post-COVID, uh, uh, the interest in the sector. And these two sectors will continue to command huge amount of interest uh, from, uh, you know, private equity players, ability to raise fresh capital, all of that, you know. Those are two sectors which we see definitely, which will continue to command, uh, you know, huge amount of interest going ahead.
0: Yes. And talking about uh, huge amounts of interest, uh, you also... Uh, said that uh, you you can't but leave out philanthropists uh, from this year's list, especially uh, because uh, their importance has grown more so uh, during these times than ever before. And you uh, yourself have uh, written a story, uh, Salil, on Amit and Archana Chandra of ATE Chandra Foundation, who you say that may be dwarfed by big, uh, uh, you know, outfits like uh, Tata Trusts or uh, Azim Premji, uh, philanthropic initiatives, but uh, ATE Chandra Foundation has its uh, way of doing things, and they have made an impact in their own way.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what what typically started with um, with uh, invest with uh, you know donating towards education and healthcare
0: mm-hmm. has
1: now moved into uh, the whole space of environmental sustainability. The ATE Chandra Foundation is is doing you know phenomenal work in trying to raise the water table across reservoirs in Maharashtra, Karnataka, Rajasthan. And that they realized, they came about that because they realized when they started analyzing what were the problems that India's farmers were going through. You you had huge droughts in in 2012, 2013 in Maharashtra and none of those problems have gone away. Farmers are still struggling to to get water to their farmlands. They're struggling to get the right price for their output. And various other issues, you know, getting getting good right. loans from bank, and all of this stems from the fact that the water levels in most of the reservoirs in uh, in the state were dwindling with each passing year. You know, whenever there were fewer rains. So what they did was actually work with with several NGOs on the ground, uh, study this, and they realized that what it required was uh, very effective desilting of reservoirs. And once that was done, it actually, you know, there's a scientific theory which shows that once desilting is done, the the water level in these reservoirs actually goes up, goes back to the original level or mm-hmm. up to three times higher. It's been very very effective across Maharashtra, across Rajasthan, uh, and now they are this year they plan to expand their uh, operations into. Telangana, Karnataka.
0: And also, Salil, in that you talk about how timely uh, these uh, foundations are, in that the need for them is uh, more today than ever before. On the same lines, there have been lots of uh, startups. They may not be big names, but they have either tweaked their existing business models uh, with some venture funding to make themselves relevant in Uh, the times of COVID-19. And one such startup is uh, Cure AI, where its founder, Prashant Warrior, repurposed uh, the technology uh, that uh, their team had put together to help detect uh, cases uh, by uh, using AI and machine learning to interpret x-rays. So that instead of you having to go through uh, the the entire process of uh, drawing blood, having it tested, which may not always be feasible in the interest of time in remote areas. So it is his uh, contraption that quickly helps you diagnose cases where, because that's the starting point of everything of treatment. He also makes it uh, to the list, cure.ai and and Prashant Warrior.
1: This was part of the, you know, COVID-19 innovators list. Uh, And we found that it was a company which originally, of course, was involved in uh, developing the technology where you can read x-rays quicker. Uh, and they used AI and ML towards this, where the ability to decipher really the kind of ailment or the kind of treatment that needs to be done could be easily uh, evaluated by, by experts and doctors through this uh, AI and machine learning uh, technology that they had. So the technology was always there, but it was used more effectively through AI and ML to achieve its goal. So now you can actually do it within seconds, and they, they've actually incorporated this in uh, various hospitals in uh, you know in, uh, in Bihar and other other cities uh, and it's actually started to uh, pay dividends. What this technology manages to do is that they can doctors and experts who, who are using this technology uh, while studying x-rays uh, they can then decipher that which are the high-risk patients and which are the less risky uh, patients. So who needs what kind of treatment based on, based on that. So it's an easier interpretation through the technology. And we thought that it is a small startup, had a phenomenally good year, but you just cannot ignore it in, in the uh, post COVID uh, environment that we all live in.
0: Excellent. Uh, Salil, thank you very much uh, for your time on this podcast. Uh,
1: thank you, Abhishek.
0: Thank you. And all you listeners, uh, you know, where to find this podcast on Forbes as well as on any of uh, the podcasting channels, including uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818. And also look for other podcasts from uh, Forbes India. There's one called Teenpreneur, an interview series with young entrepreneurs. And we also have from the bookshelf of Forbes India, conversations about business, economics and books. <music>